0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 211 of the world's greatest Cincinnati Reds podcast. Joining me this week, uh, it's a fun time to have this guy on the uh, podcast because we just finished the Major League Baseball draft and... So we're going to talk to the, the guy who's going to be following these uh, players the Reds have drafted for the next few years from RedsMinorLeagues.com and from Red Leg Nation, your friend and mine, Doug Gray. How are you today, Doug? I'm pretty good. I mean, Jesse
1: Winker hit a walk-off home run earlier, and uh, it's, it's been a rough week for the Reds, and uh, yeah, that that really brightened up my day.
0: Yeah, it's been a really rough week, and uh, there have been a few of those rough weeks this season, but... How much fun, especially with the drama involving Jesse Winker the last uh, couple weeks, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, Jason Linden and I did, about Jesse Winker's being benched. And, oh, you know, after one game, maybe not. Maybe we don't want him to, we don't want him to sit so we can't bench him, and he's back in the lineup, and it's just a strange thing. But uh, he didn't start this game today. Scott Shebler led off and did a great job leading off, had three hits. Jesse Winker comes in in the eighth inning. Goes three for three and wins it with a two-run walk-off home run. How fun was that?
1: It was very fun. I, I, I don't want to say I jumped out of my seat because, well, I'm, I'm getting older now and I don't do much jumping. But I, I stood up out of my seat. How about
0: that? Yeah, oh, it's exciting, especially for a kid like that that uh, a lot of people are rooting for. And, uh, and and we have to savor these walk-off moments in a season like this too. So. Something else I want to talk about, because we're going to focus a lot on the uh, the draft and try to analyze the Reds draft here uh, for most of this podcast. But we do want to briefly touch on uh, the big league team. Before we get into something I want to talk about, first let me mention that this past uh, weekend out at the Barnes & Noble in Westchester, uh, we had uh, Chris Garber and, and I, you know, we wrote this book. You may have heard of it, Doug. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds. H- have you heard of that book?
1: I think I have. I, I saw that it was doing well on Amazon, and you know I, I may actually have purchased a copy that's sitting about six feet from me right now. Ooh, so.
0: very exciting! Yes. So it's a it's a fun full color book, and I actually, and uh, one of the authors of it. "Well, we had a book signing this past weekend, and it was our first book signing." And I got to be honest with you, you know, I, this is new to me. This is our, my first book, so uh, I didn't quite know how it was going to go, and I was I was seriously worried that no one would appear, and. Uh, and, and it didn't, that didn't happen at all. Uh, a lot of people showed up. And I, the reason I want to mention this right off the top here is we had a bunch of guys come in and want me to uh, say my, my new catchphrase from the podcast, uh, So it was, uh, which was interesting. And I'm not going to tell you what that is, Doug. You just got to guess. But uh, a lot of people mentioned the podcast. I really appreciate all you guys. I wish I could remember all your names. Uh, Micah, to you especially, I'm sorry for screwing up your name when I signed your book. I felt bad about it all week. So if you come to our next book signing, I'm going to have something special for you. But uh, you know, it, it was just—it was a really fun time. It's really fun to meet some of the listeners of the podcast. And uh, and Doug, your name was mentioned uh, a few times, uh, mostly in the context of how much do Jason and and Doug roll their eyes when you say that mm-hmm. dumb thing that you always say every week. <laughs> so uh,
1: I'm just glad it wasn't. Wow, I'm so happy Doug's not here because unfortunately I I did not show up. I, I went and saw your best friend Hunter Green pitch that day. So.
0: Hunter Hopefully is, I can catch the next one. Hunter is my best uh, friend. so But I do want to thank everybody that came out. It was, it was a blast. A lot of fun. And we are having another one. This next one will be at the Joseph Beth uh, store uh, bookstore there in Cincinnati. And uh, Joseph Beth Booksellers is going to be on the 14th, June 14th. It's a Thursday night and that will be starting at 6 o'clock. So Chris will be there as well, both of us. And then uh, the next one after that is going to be a really exciting one that I'm not going to mention just yet, but uh, really, really happy, really excited about the next one. And, uh, Doug, I expect to see you at least uh, at one of these uh, next two.
1: I'm not going to promise it, but
0: I promise it. All right, excellent. Now, what I wanted to talk about about the res we already talked about Jesse Winker, and we could talk about Jesse Winker the whole uh, hour, really, because you and I both are big fans of Jesse Winker. But something ha- happened here today in, in the Reds' 13-inning walk-off win over the the Colorado Rockies to avoid being swept. Yeah. But something exciting happened. You know what the Statcast is, right, Doug? I, I am aware. Well, they uh, they measure a lot of things that happen. Really, everything that happens on a field. And today, today, and they've been doing this for what the last four years, something like that. Today. The uh, one of the Reds recorded the highest exit velocity that's ever been uh, recorded. The hard, so basically the hardest hit baseball ever recorded by a Reds player since they started Statcast. You know in the last four years. So obviously it was Scooter Jeanette, right? It was not. It was not Scooter. Okay, well, hey, Joey Votto.
1: No, it actually was not Joey Votto either.
0: Uh, I know who it is. Eugenio Suarez.
1: Good guess. He actually leads the Reds in exit velocity on average, but no, it was not him either.
0: How's that possible? Um, Okay, last guess. It's got to be that guy they keep telling me is a big home run hitter, Adam Duvall.
1: Good guess once again, but no. No, Chad, it was not Adam Duvall.
0: Okay, Doug Gray, according to StatCast, which player today, and he was in a pinch hit role today, had the hardest hit baseball that's ever been recorded on StatCast by a Reds player? Who was it, Doug?
1: That would be relief pitcher Michael Lorenzen.
0: Is that insane?
1: It is insane. <laughs> and not only was that the hardest one ever hit by a red, it's the hardest one ever hit by a pitcher as well. Which In all of the it, major leagues. It, yes, which shouldn't be too surprising. I, right, it was yeah. 116.5 100 miles per hour. Now, the, the second hardest baseball hit by a Cincinnati Red player this year is 114.1 miles per hour by Jesse Winker back in April. Jesse Winker, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes, that, that guy that people think doesn't have any power for exactly, some reason. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. The yes. kid. Well, yeah.
0: isn't that isn't that crazy? I mean, we we've always known Lorenzo's got a good bat, and you know, he comes up to pinch it in the bottom of the I think it was the bottom of the fifth uh, today, uh, pinch hitting for Tyler Malley after pitching yesterday and looking pretty good yesterday. Mostly, he had a, a little bit of a rough stretch there, but anyway. He singles, uh, you know, and we're like, oh, good, you know, line drive to left field. Good hit. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't be surprised because we know how, uh, you know, he's he's the workout king and he's a good hitter. But out of all the Reds in the last four seasons, they've had some good hitters. They, they, they might have the best hitter. I mean, <laughs> exactly. they,
1: they, they might. Scooter Jeanette. Yes, that's, that's who I was talking about. That's precisely
0: about. who you meant. Right.
1: <laughs> no, not, they, that, not that, that's not the that scooter. Jeanette's been bad by any stretch no, of the imagination. He's no. been outstanding, but I yes. uh, was talking about that Canadian guy that plays for
0: space. Ah, Prince. No, he's not Canadian. Prince no. was from Minnesota.
1: <sighs> good old Prince. That's <laughs> uh, my, my Still one soon. of my favorite follows on Twitter, Belmonte Jones was going on some Prince rants today. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think today was the anniversary of yesterday. Wasn't it? Of his <sighs> yeah. passing. But anyway, uh, I just thought that was amazing, Michael Lorenzen. And it, it brings up all the – and we know this can't happen. But I'm telling you, if in a lost season like this, I'm tempted to send Michael Lorenzen to Louisville, have him starting in center field tomorrow night.
1: So what you're saying is that Steve has won you over, because I know that Steve's been beating this <laughs> drum for a while. I, he he really does like the idea, and I, I I can kind of understand it. Michael Lorenzen, is he's so good of an athlete that you, you really do sit back and wonder sometimes, what if –
0: yeah. Day, day, days like today, you really do wonder what if. Sure. Sure. I'm dreaming, but uh, you see a guy that can hit like that. I mean, you know, he's not been a, he's not been taking regular batting practice, working on his swing for, you know, four years or whatever long he's been in pro ball. You know, you can't just step into triple A even and, uh, and be a starting center fielder and expect to hit. Um, but wow, it's just sort of tantalizing. And, and you wonder if, it's sort of a, a rick and kill situation where he could do that, even though he hasn't flamed out as a pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. You just wonder if he's the type of guy that could, with some work, do that. And uh, I don't know. He hits harder than anybody on the Reds. We can say that uh, officially now, at least uh, on one swing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd i be very surprised if the Reds actually did do it. But <laughs> Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it, it is one of those scenarios where, uh, you know, for all of the position flexibility that the Reds talk about, I'm I'm really surprised that Lorenzen doesn't get more opportunities to pinch hit,
0: especially with the short bench that they constantly have. Of course, he's not been with the team that long this year, but still, that was his first pinch hit appearance this year. So yeah, yeah. and then,
1: you know, even in the past, I mean, you know, he he had the pinch hit uh, home run two years ago, uh, but I mean, realistically, he he does not get as many opportunities as you would think he would one, given the state of the Reds' bench the past couple of years. Now, this year I think it may be a little bit different because you're going to have one of the corner outfielders on the bench most every day. They're probably going to be your quote-unquote go-to guy. But, uh, yeah, I I think it would be interesting to kind of see them come up with a better plan as to how to get him more pinch-hit opportunities because, I mean, he, (laughs) he hits the ball really, really hard. He doesn't always hit the ball. All right. But I mean, most pinch most pinch hitters don't do that, anyways. If he's going to be your second bat off the bench most nights,
0: I think you could do a lot worse. true, and you know we'll we'll move on. We've got other things to to discuss. But to me, just in the age of Shohei Otani, and the Reds have Hunter Green, who famously you know was going to be a first rounder, probably with the bat or with the glove or with the uh, arm. You know, it's just it it interests me that more teams, although I shouldn't, it shouldn't interest me because. We know how uh, teams are notoriously, uh, they refuse to uh, try to go outside the box. But, man, it just seems like a good time to try to be creative, especially a team like Cincinnati. What does it hurt to just try to be creative a little bit? So even if it just means letting him be your first pinch hitter, second second pinch hitter off the bench. But if he, if he did go to Louisville, Doug, you'd have to cover him because what's the name of your site? Redsminorleagues.com. Oh, you'd have to cover him.
1: Yeah, I'd have to go hang out with my buddy Jason a lot more than I, I get to. That's right. Which is unfortunate because I really would like to go down
0: there more often than I do. Yeah, it's a fun time down there, Louisville. But uh, anyway, let's start talking about some of these guys that are now going to be uh, the subject of much discussion at RedsMinerLeagues.com over the next few years. The uh, the baseball draft was this week, Doug. And let me just ask you before we start g- digging into the particulars of who the Reds selected, how exhausted are you? This is a big, this is a big week for you and your site, isn't it? it is
1: um tuesday was far and away the best day i've ever had traffic wise so thank you guys for those of you that did show up for for coming by and reading all of my many many words uh i really do appreciate that but yeah i Wednesday's the day that gets me the most chad um they do 30 picks in about six and a half hours um that gives me about 12 to 15 minutes between each pick to try and track down information on every single guy and once you get to about round 20, they start drafting guys that, I mean, they go to schools that people that live in the town that that school exists in don't know exist. Right. So it it is tough to find some information on some of these guys sometimes. So, um, yeah, Wednesday takes just about everything out of me. So I disappeared last night for about five hours after the draft ended to just try and recuperate. I bet.
0: Yeah. You were, uh, you know, I'm sort of just following it. I don't follow it nearly as closely. Uh, as you, but I'm seeing every time there's a pick, you know, you're working and then you're coming out with with uh, new content about each guy. And it's just an invaluable resource for those of us that are following the Cincinnati Reds. You know, um, I tuned in to the first round, but really it only because I wanted to see Adam Dunn, who was there uh, making picks for the Reds. So good old Adam Dunn. You remember Adam Dunn, Doug? I, I do
1: remember Adam Dunn. I was there for, I, personally, I think it's the second best Adam Dunn moment in baseball history. Uh, when he hit the walk-off grand slam against the Indians down by three in the bottom of the ninth. You were there um, for that one. I was there for that, and everybody within about 30 feet of me got drenched in water because I took both water bottles that I had, flipped the lids off of them, and just started throwing
0: them in the air. It was great. I wish Good I I'd I I known that because I could have included it in chapter 35 in the Big 50, the men and moments mm-hmm. that made the Cincinnati Reds, a chapter titled Over and Done.
1: Ooh, I like it. Can you believe I Adam like Dunn
0: it. made it into my
1: book? Uh, I can believe that, yes. He, you know, for as much grief as Adam Dunn gets from some fans, he actually, uh, there's a lot in Reds history that revolves around Adam Dunn.
0: Yeah, no, he's uh, he's the best player in the history of the world. So um, he was there making the pick, and the Reds had the number five pick overall in the, uh, in the first round. And the Reds are always picking in the top five, it seems like. And hopefully that day and time is going to going to uh, pass us at some point soon, but the Reds selected Jonathan India, third baseman from the University of Florida, 6'1", 200 pounds, and uh, to me, I see this pick, and I think, ooh, Nick Senzel, SEC Player of the Year, an SEC third baseman uh, with good good plate discipline. Uh, Pretty exciting prospect, looks like to me. What do you think, Doug?
1: Yeah, um, you know, SEC Player of the Year very very strong numbers he hit 364 this year he slugged 733 with 18 home runs which he actually has 19 home runs now because he hit one in the uh in the regionals there in the college world series now i i don't I, i've heard a lot of people say this i mean even uh dick williams kind of made the the comparison t- kind of to nick Senzel. personally I, I don't think that that's a, a good comp um the, the one wart that's on Jonathan jonathan's resume is that he swings and misses a lot uh, he had he had 48 strikeouts this year with 49 walks. Uh, to put that in comparison to Nick Sinzel, uh, Nick Sinzel uh, struck out less than 30 times in his junior year and walked 57 times. Uh, so I, I don't think he's quite as advanced as Sinzel was with the bat. What I really do like about India, though, is unlike Sinzel, he has power right now in college. Nick didn't really get that until he kind of got into pro ball. Uh, people expected it to happen for him, but uh, India is there right now. I mean, he's he's pushing 20 home runs right now as a junior. Um, very athletic guy. Some people think he might be able to play shortstop, and the Reds have kind of said that they might try him out at shortstop to begin his career. Now that doesn't mean he's going to stick there long term or not, but
0: the fact that they're even thinking about it right out of the gate, it's a good sign. Well, India said in an interview on the Reds broadcast the next night that he wants to try he wants to play shortstop at the pro level, at least at, at the beginning. So that was an interesting that was an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think that most people feel he's probably
1: going to wind up at second base or third base, and yeah. you know, I mean, we all kind of just sit here and go, "Well, where's where's the opening at second base and third base?" But you know, that that's something they can figure out in a couple of years if if and when they need to. Um, but you know, if you've got a guy that's athletic enough to play, I mean, even shortstop in the minor leagues. Uh, that that bodes well for his position flexibility in the majors. If you can hit, they'll find a place for you. So
0: yeah, there'll be, there'll be plenty of places they can move him. I think you're right in terms of the comparisons to Nick Senzel, but to me, the comparison with Senzel to where they look really similar, just to me, is just it's a it's a focus. Maybe not. A, you can't say it's a focus. It's just two of the last three years that, with the, just their first pick, but it's a recognition maybe of of here is you know a really polished college. Uh, Infielder, a really polished uh, player, somebody that should have a pretty short uh, shelf life in terms of the minor leagues and uh, and be able to get to the big leagues quickly. Nick Zell's not gotten here as quickly as we'd hoped because of uh, two bouts of vertigo and one bout of insanity from the Reds front office. <laughs> but uh, but but you're right about India in that uh, the power and you know, I started to look, look into his college career a little bit after uh, the Reds selected him and his his pitch selection did improve. Over the you know and it and his his plate discipline improved over the course of his career. Um, he he just he quit swinging at as many bad pitches and that really allowed him to drive more pitches. And we if you watched the night that they were playing that he was drafted and saw that home run he hit that night, my goodness! Has that ball landed yet? <laughs> That's a ball that goes out in every major league park, even with a wood bat. Yes, <laughs> I mean uh, that thing was just smoked. So. So yeah, people were like, "We've already got. What about Sinsel and Suarez? We don't need another third baseman." To which I say, "Shut up! Take the best player available. If the Reds have too many good hitters, they'll find places for them to play. And
1: and if somehow magically they don't or they can't find a place for him to play, if you can hit, somebody else will find a place for you to play.
0: And they'll give you somebody good in exchange for him. Yes, they will. So, so you got to give a strong thumbs up." to the Jonathan India selection, I would think. I mean, is there anyone you would have taken in that spot other than him? I, I mean,
1: I feel like I could make the argument for a few other guys, but yeah. uh, they're, they're all kind of bunched together for me, and I think that India was a great pick given where they were drafting at and who was available. I, there, I have no
0: qualms whatsoever. Yeah, no, I think there's everyone should be satisfied with this pick, and, and kudos to the Reds. I think they went the right way. I, actually, I thought they were going to go with uh, India's uh, teammate, uh, the pitcher, Brady Singer, um, who ended up dropping – uh some but I, that's the guy i thought they would take um yeah he it was i thought it was going to come down to one of those two guys um i personally had
1: brady singer ranked a little bit higher but again a, after the guy that was number one on my board which uh that was, that was casey mize who went number one overall I, I thought the next seven or eight players were all kind of just bunched together and you could make the argument one way or the other for any of them so
0: and you mentioned casey mize from auburn who went number one overall famously if, if you're following uh Reds Twitter and there were some pictures of some of the Reds brass, including Dick I Williams, watching uh, a, a star Brady Singer from Florida was starting against Casey Mize in a game earlier this season. and A million scouts there, and of course, uh, I believe that was the game where India it may have been a different game, but I think that was the game where India actually homered off uh, off Casey Mize, the number one pick, and so he's been he shot up the all draft boards and uh, I don't know.
1: The Reds were very prominent at that game. When mr. dick Williams was there along with a few other Reds personnel
0: yeah yeah it was uh, clearly they were interested in and of course you know there were three guys there that could potentially were in the mix for at least three for you know a, a number five pick in the draft so so but India I hope to see him in Cincinnati soon uh, where, where are we guessing that he starts uh, well if they're gonna start him at shortstop they're gonna
1: have to start him either in Greenville, Billings, or skip him straight over and go to Daytona. Um, they got, a, I, I, they got I think a shortstop they. At Dayton? They've got they've got two guys that play middle infield in Dayton that I they're both, you know, real legitimate prospects that you know are, are getting everyday time that the team's going to want to play there, um, and so I, I think that if they're going to start India at shortstop, he's going to go either straight to Daytona, which wouldn't be terribly surprising if he signs quickly. Right. Um, and if he if he does take some time off, if Florida's eliminated quickly, but he doesn't sign until closer to the the end date, which is sometime during the first week of July, uh, maybe they could send him out to either Greenville or Billings to just kind of get things going, and then go, go from there.
0: I'm constantly frustrated with uh, how slowly the Reds push their guys um, in, in the minor leagues. Uh, they don't they don't really I don't feel like they push them quick enough. You follow it closer than I do, and you may have a different opinion, but that's my that's my thought. And so you know, my first thought is, oh wow, if they could send him to Daytona, that would be great selfishly because I'm planning to be down at Greenville uh, for their their first uh hopefully their first couple of games down there selfishly I wouldn't mind seeing uh India go to Greenville so I can go watch him play a little bit but mm-hmm. um, we'll see a lot of it might depend on how far Florida goes in the uh, college world Series and if they if they make it to the college world Series how far they go in the tournament uh, I think they're in the super regional now so We'll see. I mean, it,
1: if, I, if I had to lay money on it, Chad, I, I would say he's going to go to Billings first. Um, but that that's just me and an educated guess. Yeah. Now, there, there, there is some reasoning behind it, but
0: it, it's still totally just a guess. I hate starting a guy that's supposed to be a polished college hitter in rookie ball. But you're right. If 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 they really are going to try him at shortstop, it makes a lot of sense to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look at it right now, the middle infield in Dayton is Jeter Downs, who was the supplemental first-round pick last year, who's playing very well, and then Jose Garcia, who they paid—well, they spent $10 million on him last year. So, I mean, there's a lot of money and you know talent invested there in Dayton, so uh, you're not going to move one of those guys off of the middle infield, neither, neither one of them are going to get promoted. Are you really going to demote one of those guys for a guy like India? I mean— I guess anything is possible, but I'd be surprised by that. So Billings is the one that makes the most sense there.
0: All right, so Jonathan India, wherever he lands, uh, hopefully they'll sign him quickly, get him going, because uh, I want to see him in Cincinnati sooner rather than later. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Now, in the second round, the Reds went with a high school pitcher, high school right-hander.
1: Best uh, name in the draft for the Reds.
0: The be- See, the Reds didn't have as many good names this
1: year, though. No, that you know, I, I, it's funny that you bring that up because I started thinking: are they going to be are they going to be able to beat Packy Naughton this year, <laughs> as far as the name game goes? Ugh. And
0: you know, they they got they've got two guys that were kind of close, and this next guy is one of them. Packy Naughton. What about Jeter Downs as a great name? Cash Case was that one? Uh, ooh, ooh,
1: Cash Case is a good one. Those too. Are some
0: good names last uh, last time around. So, is, it, how, is this guy's name? How's it? How's his first name pronounced? I'll let you pronounce it because I've actually never heard it okay. pronounced.
1: As far as I know, and the way that they announced it on the broadcast, it is Lion Richardson. Lion, L Y O N. For those keeping score at home,
0: there you go, Lion Richardson. And if you're, you know, if you want to feel really old, I'm going to make you feel old here. Lion Richardson, the red second round pick, the number forty seven pick overall, from Jensen Beach High School in uh, the Port St. Lucie area of Florida. Lion Richardson was born in the year two thousand. He's a yeah. y, He's a Y2K baby.
1: That that definitely makes me feel old because I I can absolutely tell you what I was doing every single day in the year two thousand.
0: Oh, uh, were, were you being born? Because I, he was. I, I,
1: almost, I almost wish instead I was probably sitting in my junior year of high school, just hanging out and not doing homework.
0: There you go. Well, this guy in a, a short period of time, eighteen years, has uh, made it to the second round of the draft. Now we we talk about India who who. Uh, play, has played for Florida, just finished his junior season. Richardson, as I understand it, he's committed to Florida. Is that right? I believe so, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going
1: to get there. But...
0: <laughs> no, not being taken this uh, with the value of, the, of a second-round pick. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh live arm on this kid, but a uh, right-handed pitcher, right? Yeah, he uh, wasn't really much of a pitcher
1: throughout his high school career. He kind of really vaulted up draft boards this an, year. He was an outfielder, right? Yeah, I mean he did he did pitch a little bit uh, before that, but uh, most of most of everybody saw him and liked him as an outfielder. And then you know, he came out this spring and you know, he was sitting in the low nineties, touching ninety four, ninety five. And then some days he'd go out there and he'd throw in the mid nineties and he'd hit ninety eight. Uh, I mean just based on that fastball alone, you're gonna you're gonna vault up draft boards. But uh, then he started throwing a a, a curveball in the low eighties that you know it, it would flash itself as a plus pitch at times too. Now scouts really like his arm action. They they like you know the velocity the breaking balls is there, um, doesn't show a change up too much right now. But that's that's to be said for just about any high school pitcher. Uh, you know, guys that get drafted right out of high school generally throw hard and they generally have a good breaking ball. So you don't want to slow or speed up the guy's bats by throwing him a change up in high school. That's just most guys can't hit your fastball anyways. Um, so he's going to need to work on the change up a little bit. But that's pretty much any high school pitcher at this point. Um, now. Personally, I was not a fan of the, the overall talent in this draft. I, I just felt there was not many established, high-quality college guys. So I love this pick because there's a lot of upside here. And you know, it just it reminds me of a guy they took a couple of years ago, Tony Santian. Um Big-time fastball, really good breaking ball. Has a little bit of work to do. He's considered a little bit raw. Um, but the upside there is, is enormous, and to get that in the second round, I, I I love it. I love this pick.
0: Well, it's a typical sort of high ceiling pick, uh, but with a high school pitcher, you just don't know. And uh, it was interesting to me to hear Dick Williams, uh, Res director of baseball operations, talking about uh, their their strategy with the draft. And their, and uh, what he said after the India pick, he said our strategy is basically we're trying to find, uh, you know, polished players to the extent that we can. That that we think can move quickly through the organization and help the big league club, which would make sense for a team that's struggling, and and India fits that bill. But then he, he added the caveat that if a really big arm that we think has big upside, you know, is there, you know, we're not going to be hesitant to take a chance on somebody like that as well. He said it's, it's tough to, to draft pitchers because of the injury risk, but um, I, I think I get, I got the sense that Richardson's a kid. They felt like. Really big upside. A guy with a high ceiling. That we just can't. We just can't pass up. He's, he's too tantalizing there at uh, the number forty-seven overall. That's the, that's that's the sense I've got. But not. But he's not pitched much, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how he does. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look historically at
1: second-round picks, most of them never turn into anything. Um, it, and so, yeah, if if you kind of really think about it, taking a big upside guy makes a lot of sense. If they don't make it, you really don't miss out in most cases. Um, but if they hit, then you, you really win. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of where the Reds are approaching that from right now is, you know, they, there was a guy there that has, I mean, there, I don't want to say all of the potential in the world, but a whole bunch of potential with a guy like this. So uh, it, it was definitely a risk worth taking in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm always against taking high school pitchers. I just sort of like as a reflexive thing. But uh, I'd never heard of Lion Richardson, unfortunately. I'd never heard of him until uh, this week. And so I'm going to have to hope Chris Buckley and uh, the Red Scouts, you know, they generally do a pretty good job in terms of drafting. And uh, so I got to hope that this is that type of guy. But uh, either way, he's given us a good name to talk about. That he has. All right. So now he's not – someone signed quickly. Who was it? Uh, It was him. Was it him? I I, I don't know
1: if it's official yet or not, but he said that he agreed to terms. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he signed the contract because in order to do that, they usually have to – they fly you out to Goodyear and you have to go through a physical first. But um, that – I mean that should happen um, tomorrow um, or Saturday is usually when they start bringing in the first guys they made agreements with. Okay. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll probably be 10 or 15 of those guys that'll um, come in and they'll go through their physicals. And assuming they pass, they'll sign their contracts.
0: Well, good deal. So, so yeah. Florida commit, but uh, he's going to be a Cincinnati uh, red farmhand very soon. Uh, where does he start? Does he stay in Arizona for a while, or what do you think? I, I would imagine so. Um, but uh, every, every so
1: often they'll start a guy like that, or they have started a guy like that in Billings. Um, but now that they've got the Greenville affiliate, I think that that might be an option for more of the high school kids rather than going straight to Billings. Um, mostly just because the, the Greenville team, they play in a much more pitcher-friendly league. Not that it's pitcher-friendly at all. Um, it's more of a neutral league, but the Pioneer League where Billings play, it, it's it's a very hitter-friendly league, so there's a little bit more room for, for error for a young pitcher, um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if he went there just because of uh, you know the, the stuff that he has, maybe a little bit too much for guys in Goodyear, depending on how they feel about
0: them. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Reds do with that Greenville affiliate just very briefly here, because that Appalachian league, in, in, you know, I've been to a bunch of App- Appalachian league games over the, over the years, and this will be the Reds uh, first entrant in the Appalachian league in a long time. They used to have a team in Princeton, West Virginia in that league, but it's been a while. Um, a lot of, uh, of, uh, of Latin kids in that league, a lot of kids getting their first exposure to the United States in that league. So it'd be interesting to see how the Reds use that, uh, you know, uh, since they've got two rookie league teams and how they split the guys up and and what decisions they make on who they want in each league, so that's gonna be fun to see who who they assign where. Um, let's let's some something you want to say about that? No, I, I think that pretty much you kind of
1: um, nailed that one. It, it from what I've heard, it sounds like they're going to use the Greenville team kind of as a slightly lower level than Billings, yeah, but I think so. depe- depending on exactly what kind of player there is. It you know it, it may just be this guy's going to do a little bit better here for his confidence that they'll they'll send somebody there because as I, as I noted one's much more hitter friendly than the other so you know maybe if there's a a pitcher that you think could have a little bit more success in Greenville than Billings you'd send him there before going to Dayton or whatever
0: that's a completely different experience for the kids coming into uh, the Appalachian League as uh, opposed to the Pioneer League because Pioneer League you've got forty hour bus trips every game. <laughs> Oh, and, Appalachian, I, I, and, pretty and they, close. they love it too yeah, they I'm absolutely sure it. love it definitely so okay let's move on the reds had a uh, not their third rounder it was a, a competitive balance pick sort of a sandwich pick between the second and third rounds and the reds picked and, and here's another we talk about good names here's another one josiah gray from yes, Lemoyne. No, C- no relation by the way
1: unfortunately
0: oh not related to you no, no, he, he was not. No, oh, he looks a lot like you, so I just assumed you were brothers. Josiah Gray, I see that name, and I think, wow, uh, is he going to be able to sign it, or are you going to have to do a barn raising? <laughs> I, don't even oh, know, I don't even know <laughs> what that means. Um, so uh, they didn't go for Jedediah. They went for Josiah Gray. I assume it's how it's pronounced, but from LeMoyne College. And this is a guy that sort of rose quickly, and uh, he's, a, he's a college player, LeMoyne College out of New York, and uh, – when he, what I've read about him is coming out of high school, he was just a little, a little shortstop, had a good arm, and that's why he ended up at a Division two school, and uh, just didn't really pitch much until later in his career there, um, and uh, boom, he gets taken between the second and third rounds. What do you know about uh, about young Mister Gray? Yeah, I mean coming out of high school, he got one offer to play baseball, and
1: that was at Lemoyne College, that's and crazy. it was a short, it was a shortstop, I and they it. they let him pitch a little bit, but. Uh, he went there to play shortstop, and, you know, as he got into their program, he put on some really good weight, filled out, and then all of a sudden, you know, he went from a guy with a good arm to a guy with a great arm. I've um, put threw, on some weight
0: since he signed with LeMoyne as yeah. well.
1: I said good weight, Chad. <laughs> oh, okay. Good oh, weight. Oh, oh, I
0: see. All right. Yes.
1: That that bus that just drove by, I threw you right under it. <laughs> you did, That's, but it's true. I can't argue. So, um, but got a, he, got he, a big he's arm, 20. though. Yeah, he threw 23 innings in 2016 and 2017 combined, so barely any pitching experience. Um, but they put him in the starting rotation in 2018, struck out 105 batters with a 1.25 ERA in 93.1 innings. Um, you know, fastball took a big step forward. He went from throwing in the mid-80s to now he's sitting in, in the low to mid-90s. Wow. He's been up to 98 miles per hour with his fastball.
0: And a good slider, too, I hear.
1: Uh, very good slider yeah. when on. Um, it's. I mean, it, it's a plus pitch when it's at its best. Still a little bit inconsistent, but I mean that's not to be ex- unexpected. I mean, he's, sure, you know, he's still relatively raw. But uh, again, this is another one of those guys that the, the upside is big with him. And as I said earlier, I, I didn't like the overall depth in this draft. So with the Reds, once again, went big upside arm. Let's let's take a risk, uh, r- a riskier guy, and see what happens. And I, I just love it. Um, outside of the first round, you, your odds of getting a a everyday kind of major league player, starting pitcher, they're not good. Right. Um I, I'm very much along with the idea of draft the upside once you get beyond that first round, even if they're a little bit raw. And that, that's what Josiah Gray represents. Um, really athletic guy. Um, I, I love the fact that he made such huge strides this year. That's usually a very good sign when somebody takes enormous strides. Um, and then when you throw in the fact that it came out of nowhere, given the complete lack of pitching, um, I I really like it. Um, now
0: he's going to, he's going to immediately become one of my favorite guys in the reds organization, just because it's a guy that couldn't get a sniff at a high school. And, you know, this is, this is one of the things that I love about baseball and about the draft. And and I think you've mentioned it. Some other people mentioned it. They're going to find you if you can play. And he went to this little school and he gets drafted, you know, Seventy second overall. I mean, it's just—it's a great story, great name. Uh, really excited to to watch this guy and, and and to root for him going forward. Um, you know, I, it's just—it's one of the things I love. But let, let, let me ask you this: Am I seeing something here with Richardson and Gray, two guys who huge upsides, but not a lot of pitching experience? That—that's what I see. But with, with those two guys, one's a college guy, one's a high school guy, but. Both are pretty limited in their experience, so they can be molded by the Reds with uh, with a live arm.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that's one of the things that the Reds do target. Now, I don't think that's something they're going to be looking for in in the first round, um, but they they really do like these guys that don't have as much miles on their arm. One, I, I think that they look at it as a way to keep them healthier. Uh, you know that these guys haven't been used and abused. And two, they probably don't have you know what some guys do have is and, you know bad mechanics, bad coaching on that arm for those amount of innings. Um, it, it just lets you bring them in and at least in theory, they've got less wear and tear and you can get them with your coaches on your plan, um, and, and hopefully work out any mechanical issues that they may or may not have had, um, under, under your supervision.
0: Yeah. So, you know, second, the second and third picks the Reds took this year, both right-handed pitchers and I, I've got, and they both, you know, what do I know? They seem like good picks to me. But I have to wonder, will they ever reach the heights of some of the better Reds pitchers? And I'm thinking of guys like Johnny Cueto, who wasn't drafted, but who was uh, uh, signed by the Reds, came up through the organization. Um, And I'm thinking of another guy who actually, he didn't start in the Reds organization, but what's his name? Are these guys going to be better than, oh yeah, are they going to be better than Alberto Bonilla? What's your prediction?
1: that's That's a really good question. And I will say one of them absolutely will be, but I'm not picking which one.
0: Yeah, it was, it, the fact of the matter is, Luis Alberto, he made it to the big leagues and it was a legitimate big leaguer, and so that's a that's a big deal. Uh, we yeah, if if you can get a second round pick to the big
1: leagues, you made the right pick. Right. Yeah. I mean yeah. that hist, his, history will show you that. Um, and I I know it kind of sucks to say that out loud, but that's kind of what history tells
0: us. Sure, it's true. So. Um, I, I, I forced that Lisa Alberto, uh, I, I enforced, I forced that into the podcast and I, and I do apologize. To you.
1: you, you do what the people want. <laughs> you got to give they, the people, they people what they want.
0: want that. <laughs> All right. Well, one last time then. Lisa Alberto. Bonilla. Okay. So the third round pick for the Reds, their fourth pick overall and the 82nd pick overall, I, I love this one. This this to me of uh, well, actually, the next guy is a guy that really fascinates me as well. But this one, I'm really interested in in, in Brendan Spillane, uh, University of Illinois Big Ten Player of the Year, right? Yes. Uh, the B1G.
1: Yeah he he has one enormous calling card, and yeah. his power. Power, power, power. Hit twenty-three home runs this year. Slugged nine oh three. Slugged nine oh three. Not OPS. Slugged nine oh three.
0: Yeah, I think he led the at the end of the regular season. Anyway, he led all Division One hitters in slugging and in OPS. I, I think it's, it's the first time in a very long time. I don't have the
1: exact year, but that somebody has finished a season slugging over nine hundred. I, I want to say it's been ten years, but. It may be slightly less than that. But it, it's been quite a while since somebody put up a slugging percentage over 900 for the entire college season.
0: And I saw that he led all uh, Division I draft-eligible players in home runs. So the Reds got a big bopper here. Uh, so can we go ahead and bring him to Cincinnati? Uh, I mean, we could, uh, but
1: it would probably, <laughs> probably not, not end well. Um, he, he's probably not ready for that yeah. one just
0: yet. But a college hitter and, you know, uh, where, where is he going to go and uh, and where is he going to play? Because he's played first base at Illinois, but there's some talk that he could be a pretty good uh, athletically. He could be a corner outfielder.
1: Yeah. Now the Reds announced him as an outfielder, so I believe that it is their intention to play him Excellent. in the outfield. Um, he's quick. I I, think I read he's he, quick. Yeah. I mean he's a he's a big guy. He's six foot four, two hundred and ten pounds. That's big. So he's not going to be confused with Billy Hamilton by any stretch of the imagination, but I I think that he's similar to Nick Senzel in the sense that. He's a smart base runner who's faster than you think when you yeah. look at him. He went 16 for 16 in stolen bases uh, as a junior this year. Um, you know, he's probably not going to be a guy that's going to steal 20 bags in the major leagues. But if he got you 10 to 15 every year, wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, plenty of a- athleticism there. So I-, I think that he'll be fine moving to the outfield defensively. Probably going to see him in Billings. I think that he can do very, very well in that league. Um, and then we'll just kind of to see where things go from there.
0: I don't mind starting a guy like that, a college hitter in Billings, if the intent is let him get his feet wet in pro ball, and let's 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 push him, let's move him if if we can, if he shows it. I just worry about uh, you know a, a sort of a rote. He's here right now, and then you know we'll we'll start him next season, you know, in low A, and then we'll go you know uh, three months in low A, and then we'll push him up to high A, and I, I just. I don't know. a, a guy that uh, you know he's already I see he's already twenty he'll be twenty two in September. So uh, that's a guy I want to push. If he if he proves that he can handle it. Yeah,
1: you know, I I I'll just I'll I'll say this much. I think that the Reds push guys hard when they really show it. Um you know, I think that last year they pushed Nick Senzel pretty good. Um but it's been a really long time since they've had a position player that really kind of just went crazy on minor league baseball. I mean, before Nick Senzel, the last guy that really went crazy that was also a a high end talent. It wasn't just some you know twenty four year old just beating up on a bunch of kids. Was Jay Bruce ten yeah, years I ago? I know
0: that's where you're going. Yeah. And, true. and so
1: I I I wonder if that doesn't kind of come into into play when people say that the Reds aren't aggressive with their promotions. I mean, you know. I'm saying that, Doug Gray. I, I know you are, and i that's why I'm bringing this all up. Um, the Reds just haven't had that kind of guy for a really long time. I mean, look at what they did with Tony Singrani. I mean, he, I mean, he might be, statistically, the best Reds minor league pitcher they've ever had. I mean, he absolutely dominated, like, embarrassed every level he was at. And he got to the major leagues in, like, a year. When somebody goes out there and does it, I feel the Reds are aggressive in promoting them, but it's got to be the combination of just flat-out dominance and the fact that they've got major league qualities with them.
0: Where's Taylor Trammell going to be playing in one month from today?
1: Uh, I would be very surprised if he's not in Pensacola, assuming he's healthy.
0: That's what I'm be saying. be very surprised. If he's not, I'm going to be upset. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Let's push that guy. He's crushing it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I think that after the All-Star game, He'll, he'll head up onto to AA. So uh, if in if in two weeks, Chad, he's not promoted to AA, feel free to call me out.
0: Oh, believe me, I will. Very publicly, too, Doug Gray.
1: Look, where, where will they see that at? Uh, on on RedLegNation.com, on Twitter.com,
0: on Facebook.com, everywhere.com? Everywhere.com. Okay. Uh, be sure to follow all of us because I'm going to call you out. I'm I'm
1: waiting. Well, actually, I'm not waiting for it because I expect to be right on this. Hold on, I'm marking it on my calendar. Let me just.
0: Okay. Now, the next guy that I want to talk about. So Spillane, though, interesting hitter. Who knows? But uh, tantalizing power. Um, exciting to get that guy. The Big Ten, the B1G Player of the Year, available at uh, in the third round. The next guy is a guy that I heard about. I don't follow the draft ahead of time. Let me just. Let me just say, I don't follow it. Once the Reds draft, I learn as much as I can about each of these guys. But I'm just, you never know who's going to be. I watch ACC baseball, college baseball. So I know a lot of the guys that are playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference because, you know, my team is in the Atlantic Coast Conference, my alma mater, uh, who had more, had the second most players picked in the first 10 rounds of the draft of any school in America. Just, I'm just saying. Wahoo. <laughs> but this next guy. Speaking of Wahoo I, I heard about him because he, if, he said before the draft, there was talk that he was a top a first-round, second-round t- type talent. Uh, Mike Ciani is his name, but he said, I'm going to UVA. I'm going to the University of Virginia. And, of course, why wouldn't you go to the University of Virginia in the first place? But uh, he said, I'm going, you know, and so he dropped. And it looks to me like the Reds, hey, let's take a chance on him in the fourth round, 109th overall, uh, Mike Ciani. What do, you, what do you know about this guy from Pennsylvania?
1: Well, I, I think that he's going to sign. I, I don't believe the Reds would have drafted him without a pretty, much, a pretty strong agreement that they could get him signed. Why would you um, sign instead of going to the University of Virginia, Doug? Well, without going on a long rant, anybody that doesn't sign out of high school that gets the opportunity it's crazy. Because if you sign out of high school, the organization still has to pay for your college once you leave baseball. But you don't get so, a play
0: for the University of Virginia Cavaliers.
1: Yeah, but you can still go there and enjoy all of the other fantastic things about the University of Virginia. There so
0: are, there are a lot of wonderful things. That's true. They
1: they really are. It's it's great there in
0: Charlottesville. <laughs> so, it really is. So tell me about this. Can you think he's going to sign?
1: Yes, I, I think that he's going to sign. Um, you think he'll I'll, sign for above slot? I, I do. I, I think he'll, he'll probably. I, I would guess he'll get somewhere around mid second, late second round money. Um, I, I think they probably saved a little bit of money with some of their earlier picks and then some of their later picks. So I, I think the money's going to be there and he's going to get more than slot. I'd be very, very shocked if he signed for slot value money here, but I, I do think he's going to sign, um, outstanding defensive player. Maybe, maybe the best defensive center fielder in the entire draft, um, plus speed, plus arm, good instincts out in center field. Uh, nobody really questions anything about his defensive game. A lot of people wonder what he's going to do with the bat. Um, Coming into the year, he was seen as a first-round pick. Um, he did not hit as expected. Yeah, very he made raw. Some, I see. He, he made some swing changes in the off-season. They did not work out well for him. Um, the, the teams that like him felt that they can get him back to his old swing and he would start to look better. Uh, I don't know if that's what the Reds were thinking or not, but it seems that that's kind of been the consensus on the reports coming out before the draft. That the teams that were really high on him, they felt that they could get his swing back to where it was. Um, you know. He's one of the older guys in this high school draft class. There's not a ton of physical projection left for him. So it's not like he's going to, or well, I guess we shouldn't say not going to because we've all seen what happened with Scooter Jeanette who found power kind of out of nowhere. So you, you technically can find power without growing into it uh, physically. But uh, most people feel that he's kind of tapped out physically, that all the improvements are going to come from you know just, just improving the skill set rather than filling out, getting bigger, stronger, things like that. Um, again, very very smart pick for the Reds here. Assuming they can get him signed, which I'm confident they will. Um, very valuable to take a guy like this in the fourth round. Yeah, um, I he, think he would have he would have been a guy that if the demands were, um, I I don't I don't it, it he wouldn't have fallen to this far if he were basing it on just true talent rather right. than what what signing bonus demands were. Um, and so I, I think they got very good value here. Uh,
0: if they I, sign I do, him, yes. It's it's yes. incredible value in the fourth round.
1: Yeah, I, I do have a little bit of questions about the bat, but um, again, big-time value here if, if he can get signed, even if they have to pay over slot for him. Because you're you're just at this point, it's all about adding talent rather than how much money you've got to spend for him.
0: Let me give you two reasons why I think he might go to UVA. <laughs> okay, two reasons. Number one. Charlottesville, Virginia, and the University of Virginia, except for one brief period last year when it was the worst place on, in, on Earth to be, in general, the University of Virginia is the greatest university on Earth, and anyone that would refuse to go there when they had a chance is insane. So that's the, that's the first reason why I think he'll go to, he could go to UVA. The other, which is a uh, less facetious reason, is that here's what I see. I see a guy who there are some questions about his back, but if he goes to Virginia, he's going to get a. He'll work on that, but he's also going to get a chance to pitch. And that I remember a guy for Virginia a few years back who was sort of similar, who uh, could have could have gone and ended up coming to Virginia and he pitched and he, he was a first baseman, played first base, um, ended up his bat played well enough that he that you know he could have gotten drafted just on his bat, but he ended up pitching and his name's Sean Doolittle, who has had a very good career. He's been an all-star in the major leagues. Um, so, you know, I could see a scenario where Siani thinks, you know, I go there, I, I do both, I hit and pitch, and maybe I can, you know, uh, you know one way or the other, my value is even higher in three years. I don't know. You know, it depends on what his advisors are telling him, what his parents are telling him, and what he thinks. But uh, that's, that's a situation where I could see him maybe going so that he can play both ways.
1: Now, I'll say this. Generally speaking, when you go to Virginia, you're a smart guy. It's not it's not, an, it's not an easy school to get into, Chad. I don't know if you knew
0: that or not. Oh, it's universal. Everybody that's ever graduated from the University of Virginia is a smart guy, and I'm biased I, in saying that.
1: I'm going to disagree because one of my <laughs> best friends in the world graduated uh, from the University of Virginia, and she is not a he. She
0: is a she. Ah. Uh, mm, see what I did there? You, I see what you did there. There are, mm-hmm. there are, there are smart women that graduated yes. in there. I have to concede um, that. But – Given
1: that he's probably a very smart man, if they if they offer you a check that's got six zeros, that's tough. That's tough. Tough to turn that's
0: that
1: down. Tough. Yeah, and, and I, I I think that the, the the money is gonna it's gonna win out over that, that two way thing.
0: Yeah, the truth of the matter is, you still get a lot of the value of that University of Virginia degree if you need it. If you flame out in the minor leagues, you know they're still going to pay for your college. So yeah, I, it's tough to turn that down. But I'm selfishly. Actually, selfishly, I don't know which way I hope if he can oh, help... i th- I I think the last eight minutes tells us exactly which way you kind of lean on this one, Chad. Virginia missed the tournament this year for the first time in a while. It's killing me, but uh, but you well, know... the,
1: the, have, you, have you watched the Reds play the last couple of years,
0: Chad? <laughs> They've killed me too. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Um, it reminds me of a few years back when a guy, uh, the Reds drafted a guy in the first round who had already committed to Virginia, and I was like, oh, what's he going to do? And and when he ended up signing with Virginia, I was pretty happy in that circumstance. It was first, I think I guess first round pick was Devin Mesoraco picked in the first round? Oh, he won't. Yeah. So, uh, that was a guy that had committed to Virginia. And, uh, so he's been one of my favorite players ever, a, uh, three time. Uh, he said three appearances on the red leg nation radio podcast, Devin Miserocco, now a New York Met. Okay. So that's the top uh, five guys. And I'm going to let you sort of lead here the rest of the way. Are there guys you want to highlight that the Reds picked uh, lower in the draft? Uh, you know, anybody, uh, that you think that, uh, Red Leg Nation Radio listeners need to need to know about.
1: Well, I actually want to go with the guy that's just next on the list, okay. uh, round number five. Yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that the Reds did some very excellent picking with uh, the name guys. And the, in the round five, they went to Illinois, Chicago, drafted a right handed pitcher named Ryan Campbell. Now, he has the best nickname that I saw in the draft. This that's year. a vanilla
0: name, Ryan yes. Campbell. That's What's his nickname?
1: His nickname is Soup.
0: Soup, oh, you know Campbell know. Soup. Hold yeah, oh, yeah. It. I played baseball I, in high school with a guy his last name was Campbell. That was his nickname, Soup. Outstanding. Uh, I, I just,
1: I just love it. I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, I, he's my, he's my favorite player from this draft. I don't care. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's great. But you know, he, he he's got a great nickname. But you know, he actually performed very well this
0: year too. Four year um, college guy, right? Um, I think he was a four year. I think he was a senior. I think he's a senior.
1: Yes. Um, I. Yeah, for some reason, I can't—I couldn't find his stats for his freshman year. Um, I'm not sure if he just didn't pitch or I just couldn't find him. But, yeah, he's a, he's a four-year senior guy. Uh, probably this might be one of the guys they picked that's going to let them sign uh, Mike Ciani. But, um, there you, you go, know, yeah. 1.53 ERA this year in 94 innings. Not, not a huge not a huge strikeout guy. Uh, lots of control. Probably going to wind up as a reliever, but he's already thrown in the mid-'90s as a starter. Good sinking action. Um there, there's a lot to like there, but I mean, again, probably going to be a reliever, which that's fine. You know, six foot three, two twenty. Um, yeah, you get a reliever nickname, in the fifth
0: round. You're that, that's fine. And his nickname, Soup. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Soup, We're gonna have fun with that if he makes it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, um, and,
1: I, go ahead. I was just say it, it, that that's probably the extent of the guy. I, the, I think that the Reds really did save a lot of money throughout the rest of the draft because I, I really do think they're gonna have to pay. Mike Ciani, a lot of money to sign. Um, and it, it, they didn't really take anybody that looks like they're going to get a, a high signing Break bonus bang, beyond right. that. Um, and, well, they, they took a guy in the 39th round, um, but he's, there's zero chance. Well, okay. I don't want to say zero because sometimes there's more than, it, there's less than 1% chance he signs. So, um, where's, he, where's do, he
0: going to college? Do you know, kid from Alabama, uh, right?
1: I, Honestly, I cannot yeah,
0: remember. Yeah, but probably not going to sign.
1: Yeah, you, you don't take a guy like that there and expect him to sign. Yeah, no.
0: yeah, you take a flyer hoping that maybe you can yeah, that's
1: him. That, that's literally one of those picks where you like the kid a lot, and because you, signed, because you drafted him, you're allowed to talk to him until he goes to school. There you go. Uh, and so you, you just kind of have that relationship, and hopefully in three years when he's drafted eligible again, you kind of have that relationship still. You recruited uh, him, yeah. Yeah, I mean pretty much, yeah, so – that that's kind of a, a future play than than a,
0: than a now play. I'm going to ask you about the Reds ninth round pick uh, because uh, you know I'm really sort of upset about this pick and you've researched all these guys. I don't know much about him, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty seriously upset that in the ninth round, the Cincinnati Reds selected a guy named Andrew McDonald, and Andrew McDonald went to college at uh, Virginia Polytechnic <laughs> Institute and in State University, also known as Virginia Tech. And I can only assume that he was uh, his major there was poultry science or animal husbandry or something. But uh, what do we know about uh, Andrew McDonald from Virginia Tech?
1: Well, while well, I understand where you're coming from with your dislike of Virginia Tech, uh, he's actually from Cincinnati. Uh, he went he went to Mason oh, really? High School here in Cincinnati. Yes, uh, he, he's a, he's a fifth year pitcher. Um, did not really pitch that well the first couple of years. Uh, this season he, he took some big steps forward. Um, good fastball, solid slider probably going to be a reliever. Yeah. Um, which what you really like and hope for with him is he's a big guy six foot six, 240 pounds. So you hope that um, with professional pitching coaches that you can get a little bit more velocity out of him. Um, again, he's already up to you know 95 so maybe not maybe he's already kind of maxed out. Um, but <laughs> big body guy, um, you know good good secondary pitch film in the bullpen, see what happens.
0: Well, he's a okay. He's a C- Cincinnati kid, so I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to withdraw my grudge against Andrew <laughs> McDonald from Virginia Polytechnic Institute. Uh, anyone else that in particular that you want to point out, or maybe more than one? But anybody else? There's one more I want to ask you about. But uh, well, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and ask me because that that'll, that'll make it a lot easier on me. Okay. All right. Here I'm gonna I'm looking at the Reds' 12th round pick, and how is it possible? How in the world is it possible? That In this draft, (laughs) within the first 12 rounds, the Cincinnati Reds, that's the team that we follow and write about, how did the Cincinnati Reds draft two pitchers, one righty, one lefty, both who had the first name of Josiah?
1: Yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you, Chad, (laughs) uh, but I do not. And Scott's got a pretty
0: good name, Josiah Seitler?
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's because I'm really old now. I'm all of 34.
0: You are old. I've
1: I've never met somebody named Josiah before. Me what about like, Jedediah? I, I, I know I know somebody named Josiah through like another family member who knows someone, and they talk about them, but I've never met that person.
0: It's uh, well, very very strange. It is strange. You don't meet too many of those these days. Maybe that was a you know a popular name, a few years back uh, when parents were having kids. But uh, left-handed pitcher, high school senior. I don't know. You know, I just want to point out they had a cool name.
1: Yeah, um I mean he he did not pitch his senior season, um as he was recovering from a torn labrum. Uh usually not a good sign, but uh yeah, yeah I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know what else to say about that one. I'm when I when I saw that they took a guy coming off the torn labrum, that kind of threw up a red flag to me. Um but yeah, what do I know?
0: Sixteenth round, Kansas State center fielder Drew Mount. When I, when his name is listed here on the draft tracker, I'm looking at, it's uh, shown with his last name first. So at first when I looked at, it, I thought it was Mountain Dew.
1: Mountain Dew. That, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you need all that caffeine in the world, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: it? I've lost, I've lost it. <laughs> um, okay, there's one guy that the Reds picked that I will guarantee will be a star. Okay. Are, are you ready for? A, are, can you guarantee that any of these guys are going to be a star? Are you willing to make? Yes.
1: A, I I am, and I bet it's the exact same guy you're thinking
0: of. Who are you guaranteeing out of all the guys drafted by the Reds? will be a star
1: i'm gonna go with 19th round selection out of southern arkansas named nick
0: star nick star you're only saying that because you're a big fan of southern arkansas university i could not
1: point it on him out on a map other than being in the correct state yes
0: nick star probably
1: the the correct direction of that state
0: oh so he's gonna be a star we know that let's see if there are any other good names down there oh yeah 29th round
1: 29th round, huh? This,
0: this one may not uh, appeal to you, but for someone of my generation. 29th round, the Reds took a right-hander <laughs> from Palm Beach, Florida, John Schneider. And I really hope, it's probably not, but I really hope it's the guy that played Bo Duke on the Dukes of Hazard. You know, I got quite a few jokes about that on Twitter. Oh, yeah? And
1: I, I, I literally had to look it up. I had no idea what people were talking about. Come
0: on. You don't know John Schneider?
1: I uh, Not to that extent, apparently. Bo Bo Duke? Uh, I mean, I know who Bo Duke is. I didn't know the guy that played him.
0: Let me tell you a funny story. A friend of mine in school um, ended up being one of my friends in high school. But when he was in second grade, he got in real trouble. Had to have his parents called into the school, and they had a big conference because he refused to sign his name on any of his papers. He all, he, he insisted on signing his name Bo Duke.
1: Oh, this would have been a better story if you signed it Boss Hog. But.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> possibly, yes. But uh, he hadn't come to terms with his uh, – with his identity, with his uh, yeah, his lack of uh, physical fitness at that point. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I'm looking down the rest of these. A lot of interesting names, but there are no good names like Kat- Cash Case or Derek Jeter Downs or I don't know.
1: So. No, it's it's tough to beat cash case. It it really is. That's a good one. That's that that's going to be an all timer.
0: So this is an impossible question to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. How do you grade this draft? Are you are you, are you pleased with who the Reds got? Uh, and and can you even compare it to what other teams did? I mean, I I, I don't even know. I don't follow it that close yeah. enough to know. I
1: realistically, if if I'm going to grade a draft, I'm pretty much looking at rounds one, two, and three. Anything beyond that, it's an absolute crapshoot. Um, especially nowadays when you've got your your signing bonus limits and everything with uh it tried to even things out so you can't just draft somebody in the 22nd round 23rd round and pay them a bunch of money you know the reds did that a couple of years ago with sour and amir garrett um they got them in the 22nd 23rd round but they gave them a, a million and a half dollars between the two of them that's never going to happen again um, those guys would go a lot higher this year or in in the most recent years drafts
0: um so you get a polished hitter you get a high upside pitcher and then you get a guy a, a few runs down who is sort of a flyer on a possibly, uh, you know, sort of home run in the fourth round. It looks like, you know, you know, they're taking a chance on some guys, which is what everybody that's drafted are. But you get a kind of polished guy, too. I don't know. Seems, looks good to yeah.
1: me. Yeah, I, I'd say I'd probably give it a B-plus at this point. Um, if, if they can get Siani in there, maybe it bumps it up a little bit. But I'm I i I'm probably a little bit lower on him than some other, other people are. Um, I, I just prefer a guy who I felt more comfortable with a the bat there. Um, But, again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I I wasn't thrilled with this draft overall um, in terms of all the players that were available, not anything to do with what the Reds did. Um, And so I I think that the way the Reds went about it, I was very pleased.
0: Yeah. Well, I look at the top five guys they got and uh, Jonathan India, Lion Richardson, Josiah Gray, Brendan Spillane, and Mike Ciani. I'm thinking, I don't know. That's a pretty good group. I'll ride with that group, see what they can do. There's some real talent there and real upside. So I don't know. We'll see. You're going to be following them every day, though, right? Uh, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> well, where, and where um, do you follow them? Where do you write about um, all these Reds Minor Leaguers?
1: Uh, RedsMinorLeagues.com and that that Twitter machine that some people use sometimes, oh, yes, uh, at DougDirt24.
0: At DougDirt24. I'm at DotsonC. You can follow us at Red Leg Nation on Twitter. Uh, please subscribe to the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. I say this just about every week. I try to say it because I'm incredibly grateful at the way the subscriber numbers go up every week. I know you guys are telling people about it and – and it really, uh, it really impacted me when a bunch of you came out to talk to me and specifically mentioned the podcast when you came to talk to me at the book signing. Come out next week for our book signing on the 14th at Joseph Beth if you're in the area. Follow us at RedLegNation.com every single day where we've been talking about the Reds. Uh, go leave us a rating and review at iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you want to go. Uh, we, to get your podcast, we're there. And, uh, and tell your friends if you like us. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Doug, buddy. Always fun, and it's been a rough red season. So it's fun to sort of have something to look forward to with these new guys. Yeah, a little bit of optimism, right? I, I sure hope so because it's <laughs> I, I'm, t-
1: I'm I'm really tired of the losing, Chad. Me I, too, I really am.
0: It's getting it's getting difficult. Um, we'll We'll pick back up with our movie reviews next time you're on the podcast, Doug. Uh, but for for now, that's all. Red Lake Nation Radio for Doug Gray. This is Chad Dotson saying.